Somewhere, most Sundays, a few hours from here, there's a large group of people that will be doing this periodically. And they'll say one word, school. And they'll do it again. There'll be some drums. Boom. Boom. You want to do it with me? School. You don't have to do it with me because some of you aren't Vikings fans. At the beginning of a Vikings game and at a, every big play, for sure, every touchdown, sometimes on other occasions, the Minnesota Vikings have co-opted this cheer. And you probably, you may or may not know who they stole it from or borrowed it from or adopted it from. Actually, they were, it was the Icelandic national football team. Speaking of the real football, not American football, like the worldwide football, we call it soccer here. We don't actually play our football with our feet very often, but the real football you play with your feet, it's called soccer. That's my spark, just in case you wanted to know. I played football, the real kind. Well, the Icelandic, uh, Iceland, Iceland has a Viking tradition. Skull is a word, um, it's actually spelled S-K-A with a little circle over the top. I don't remember what that letter is called, but some of you uh, Scandinavians can for sure tell me that, I'm sure, after... Like my stepdad actually will for sure correct me if he was here. School, um, with an L at the end of it. School is, is, it's literally a bowl. Can you guess what they fill it with? Probably beer or wine. And it's a bowl that you share historically in, in uh, Scandinavian culture. Swedish, Danish, Norwegian. Um, and it, 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 you share it at a time of celebration. It's like when you say the first time my kids learned skull, this was before the Vikings started doing the chant. Um, my, um, uh, my stepdad, Eric, is, was born in Norway, and his parents for several years lived with my mom and Eric, and they would, after a meal, like on Thanksgiving, we would raise their glasses and they would say skull, and we would all say it. That's what we learned. We said skull. I learned way before football. School. It's a cheer now, a celebration. Vikings have used it as basically saying this, cheers Vikings and their fans. We've scored, we're celebrating, we're winning, some variety of that. If Psalm 100, which we are looking at this morning, were written by someone from a Scandinavian culture, I am confident the word school would be in the first verse. Here's what it says. Uh, Psalm 100, verse 1. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Kind of like, let the whole earth skull God. It's kind of what that verse says, more or less. If you can imagine, if you see shout triumphantly, it can be pretty loud at a football stadium. This morning is Giving Thanks Sunday. I really enjoy this Sunday. I enjoy celebrating it with you. We shared Thanksgiving celebrations uh, earlier in the weekend, Thursday. Uh, maybe you celebrated on a different day if you couldn't get together then. But this morning we're going to look at, in this short psalm, it's five verses. Um, I think what Psalm 100 has to say is it's, it actually is a psalm of Thanksgiving. So if you read, um, if you pick up your Bible or you open up your Bible app on your phone, um, in, in the book of Psalms, a lot of times you'll, what you'll see is there'll be a psalm a number, like this is Psalm 100, that just helps us to keep track of which song it was. Um, but then there's a, uh, usually like in bold, there's like a description in this one in my Bible that says, be thankful. The be thankful in bold is not a part of the original 
psalm. However, in usually, sometimes it's in italics and it's usually in small print, there's a little description of the psalm. In mine it says a psalm of thanksgiving. That's actually was, was in the original Hebrew. When the psalmist wrote this song, that was there, a psalm of thanksgiving. Not every song has one of those, but this one does. This is a thanksgiving. It was written to give thanks. And I think this verse, uh, this chapter has, we can look throughout this chapter and we can see who, what, where, when, why, and how to give thanks. It's not in that order. It's kind of jumbled together. But we'll look at each verse and then observe all of those about who, what, where, and why to give thanks. And verse 1 says, uh, the whole earth has reason to sing, is my observation. Who's, who's to give thanks? The whole earth. All of creation has a reason to give thanks. That's one of the who's about giving thanks. That, that really is a reflection of what um, New Testament language might describe as, and theologians call, common grace. Now, grace is a huge theme, especially um, in the New Testament, but it's all throughout the Old Testament as well. But a part of the grace that we receive is through Christ, and that's, that's really a unique kind of grace that you only get access to if you put your faith in Christ. But do you know that all of the people who acknowledge Jesus or do not acknowledge Jesus as Savior get access to a lot of other aspects of his grace, his goodness, his kindness. Like, if you enjoyed a good meal this week, that is a part of common grace. If you have friends who care about you, that is a part of common grace. The sun that shines through the windows is a part of, in other words, it's a part of common goodness that God shares with all people. All of us have a reason to sing for that. Those are great reasons to think about how I can express my thanks to God because, quite honestly, Christians and non-Christians take a lot of common grace for granted. I do, all the time. Did your car start the first time you turned your key this morning? Might have been a little grace involved in that. Did you have heat this morning in your room, in your house? A little grace in that. It's easy to give, to, to not notice that. I have, I have, we have... Trees surrounding our property, that's grace, especially on when it's a heavy north wind like today because actually most of our trees are on the north side of our house and it cuts down common grace. There's a lot of reasons. All of creation has a reason to sing. Verse 2 goes on to say, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Now there's a lot of how to give thanks, we won't talk about that first, but I love how the psalmist says, the whole earth has a reason to give thanks, and then the songwriter gets personal, calls you and me personally to give thanks. So generally, all people are called to give thanks, but specifically, you and I have a reason to give thanks, to shout in triumph, to as this song says, sing joyful songs, which ties into how to give thanks. This verse, this, this chapter is, it's not exhaustive, by the way. We're not going to exhaustively talk about thanksgiving this morning, how to do it, where to do it, who to do it, all of that. But we're just going to look at what this psalm leads us in. One is to shout triumphantly. And uh, man, you, it's easy with a group of people to get really excited about something. This verse is calling all of the earth to shout like a shout of victory to God. Secondly, to serve with joy. I, I'm going to refer to the message 
uh, translation of this psalm because uh, Eugene Peterson, who um, his effort in the message translation, it started out, he was teaching a Sunday school class for his church. He was many, year, many, many decades pastor, and he wanted to try to cha- translate, because he's a Greek and Hebrew scholar, the, the text, the original texts from those into something that his congregation would be able to resonate with more. And in the Psalms, what his effort is, is to try to try to create the poetic essence rather than a word-for-word translation, which in poetry, by the way, I was an English major, so if, if, you are an, if you study English poetry, that's helpful because you know that poetry in the language, how the language fits together is really important. So if I do a word-for-word translation of an English poem into German or Norwegian or Swahili, it doesn't work. Song, you have to kind of switch it around. The rhyming doesn't work. The rhythm doesn't work. What Eugene Peterson does, he's trying to catch the essence in the poetry ones. And I love what he says for this verse. He says, for sing joyfully or serve the Lord with glasses. He says, bring a gift of laughter before God. Isn't that sweet? Bring a gift of laughter. Hopefully you had some laughter this weekend. Worship him with joy-filled songs. The message also says, I love this. This is very poetic. Sing yourself into God's presence. Sing yourself. Bring a gift of laughter and sing yourself into God's presence. That's what it says. Here's the whole verse 1 and 2 in the message. On your feet now, you can imagine a stadium full of people, applaud God, school God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourself into his presence. How? To give thanks. And who do we give thanks to? That's in the next verse. Of course, this is becoming obvious. There's two aspects of who to give thanks to. One is, to whom do I offer my thanks? And then who should give thanks? So we talked about who should give thanks. Who do we offer our thanks to? Verse 3 says, acknowledge the Lord. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. So our, our thanks goes to God, our Lord. And I love the second part of that is that he made us. He, he's our maker. He's our creator. That's who we give thanks to. The New King James Version of this verse really put, puts a spotlight on this because um, some of you, like me, can tend to think we're a bit self-made, like I've made my life the way it is. New King James Version helps us understand this verse is actually calling us to recognize that no, God is the maker. It says this, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. It's a good reminder. Did you know you didn't make yourself? You didn't create, you might have worked hard in life. Maybe one of the gifts that you were given by your parents was the value of hard work. The ability to work hard isn't something that you came up with. Ecclesiastes, I believe, says that even that's a gift from God because that can be taken away tomorrow. Actually, on the way home, you could step out of the door right now into your car and before you get home, someone could hit you and your ability to work is gone. It's a gift. We are not self-made people. We have a maker. That's who we praise. And I love how it focuses in verse 3. It says, he made us. We are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. It's personal. God is relational. We are his. We belong to him. We are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. So we give thanks to a God who is our maker, 
who is relational and is described as our shepherd. Now, we're going to transition because this kind of helps us think about who specifically is called in this psalm to give thanks. And I think there's some New Testament Jesus themes embedded in this Old Testament song that the Hebrews sang for centuries before Jesus arrived on the planet. We are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. I think specifically, we who belong to Jesus have reason to give thanks. Jesus described himself as the good shepherd and that we are some of his sheep. We who belong to the good shepherd have reason to give thanks. We who are God's sheep. Sheep are, we've talked about this before. We did a, a series earlier in this calendar year on Psalm 23. And you probably, if you were with us, and you could sure go research this if you want to, sheep need a lot of help. We have a few sheep, part-time shepherds. The Latin family has had some sheep. They need a lot of help. Like, they are really in trouble without a caretaker. Sheep, I don't know exactly what happened to sheep and how they became a domesticated animal. Some of the animals that we domesticated, you can sort of see wild, like wild pigs, for instance, can kind of just be chaotic in southern states. They kind of, a big mess. They can live and survive. Sheep are goners. Like, they're extinct, I think, if they're wild. I don't think they have a lot to, take, to help to, 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 make, to make most of them to make it. We need him, and we can give thanks to him who are his sheep. So when and where to give thanks? Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. When we come into his presence, which is always. We've talked about this in recent weeks. In 1 Thessalonians about give thanks always, rejoice always. Because we're always in God's presence, we have a reason to give thanks. But specifically it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. In a unique way, when you gather together with others who call on the Lord's name, there's another reason as a congregation to give thanks that's getting pointed out to here. And that actually helps us to think about another reason to give thanks, that we're invited into God's presence. It's not just like we're all in God's presence all the time, but in Hebrews, we're actually invited to draw close to the king of the universe. We're encouraged in Hebrews 4.15 to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy when we need it. So we're encouraged to come to an intimate, it's sort of like come into the living room where God is in charge. You know, there's a, probably a throne in your living room, right? And you know, the scepter has some buttons on it, control. God is like on a throne and he's got the remote for the whole universe. And we're invited to come into his throne room and receive mercy, sort of like when you need help, maybe even when you need a hug, come on up on God's lap and, and get the mercy and grace that you need. That's a reason to give thanks. Here's uh, This is Psalm 100 verse 4 in the message. This is really creative. Eugene Peterson says it this way. Enter his gates with thanksgivings and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. That's the translation we just read. Look at the message. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. Enter into God's presence with thank you on your lips. I love that. Verse 5, this is the last verse. For the Lord is good, 
and his faithful love endures forever, his faithfulness through all generations. That verse gives us a list, if you take time, of why give thanks. The Lord is good, always good, and he shares his goodness with us. He shares his goodness with us. One of the mistakes that people who scoff at God make, like you've probably had a friend that says, I don't really need all that Jesus or God stuff. I'm just going to have fun with my friends partying in hell. You heard something like that a couple times? Well, partying friends are all good things that will not be a part of your existence if God removes himself and all his goodness from you and I. It just won't be there. Many of the things we think, like even the things that you might think are sinful, there's a nugget of God's grace, like pleasure will be gone. Even sinful pleasure, it will be gone because that's a part of God's grace. God is good in every way. We have a reason to give thanks for all of his goodness and his faithful love. That word, faithful love, I have the Hebrew letters for that word in my Bible because a couple years ago that, w- that word is called chesed. You get to like, in Hebrew, you get to do a lot of like hocking up what's in the back of your throat. Chesed. Kind of like it for that. That word, it, it, there's a great book called chesed. It's called Inexpressible by Michael Card. I didn't highly encourage it. I think chesed is sort of like in the Old Testament the equivalent of, in a lot of ways, what the Greek word charis, which is grace. Chesed is a powerful, rich word. It means more than faithful love. There's loyalty. It's, uh, there's an undeserving aspect when you get chesed. Um, his love is faithful and it lasts forever. The Lord is, we can see that, he's faithfulness. Can you put that verse back up? Just leave it up there if you would. He's faithful and he's enduringly faithful. Because God's eternal, whatever he is, he is eternally. He's always and eternally faithful. If you felt like you've had friends that have disappointed you or relationships that have let you down, God is one who is always faithful. Not that you might feel disappointed, but he is always and remains faithful. Through all generations, that's another reason to give thanks is because he's the same for all generations of people who exist now and ever will exist. He's always that. So that's Psalm 100. I just want to point out this morning, we're going to give thanks as an offering. And we've done this in the past. It might be new to you. I like this Sunday because it gets, gives you a chance to interact more in the worship um, and the seeking, uh, in seeking God. You've got two envelopes, and they both are opportunities to give offerings to God. This is an offering of, of words of, of gratitude, which I'll explain here in a minute. And this is a financial offering that expresses your thanks if you want to. And you can pull these out if you want in a few minutes, and uh, we'll take time to do that. But Hebrews 13, 15, this is, this is why this can, be a thank, this can be a sacrifice. It's described as a thanksgiving offering or a sacrifice, a fellowship sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Through him, Christ, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that give thanks. Sacrifice means it costs you something. Usually if you say that someone sacrificed for me, it's that they gave something up. That was pretty important. And I can tell you, and you probably have experienced too, that sometimes giving thanks is a sacrifice. Now, if things are going well for you in life and you have the right attitude, thanksgiving sort of kind of can boil and like 
almost like flow out of you. But there are other seasons where it isn't that. It might not be that for you today. Thanksgiving might be hard today. Um, and Hebrews 13 would, 15 would say, there's a way to sacrifice and offer praise to God even when you're in that place. And I would say, maybe when you're in the midst of something hard. Maybe when you're in the midst of loss. Maybe when you're in the midst of sadness. Maybe when you're in the midst of busyness. Maybe when you're in the midst of apathy. Maybe when you're in the midst of anger. When you're in the midst of discouragement or disappointment, offering thanks is a sacrifice. And so this morning, if that's you, this can be a really meaningful expression that you can say to God, this is hard. I'm not in the place I want to be. It's actually pretty difficult for me to come up with a list of things that I want to say in thankfulness because life is painful right now. I'm going to do it as an offering to you anyways, God. Psalm 50, verse 23, another way that we give a thanksgiving sacrifice. And, and in the Old Testament, by the way, when it says thanksgiving sacrifice, like Psalm 50, 23, it's really talking about an equivalent for us of a financial offering. Because a thanksgiving sacrifice was just that. It was an animal that would be brought, which was a part of the wealth of a family, that would be killed and offered as an offering to God. Sometimes it would be an offering that you would take back and enjoy, sort of like our Thanksgiving meal in old times. We might have a turkey out in our farmyard, and that's the, we're going to offer that, and we're going to celebrate God's goodness. <clears throat> this can be a financial gift, as we've talked about what we're doing in this, in whatever you put in this envelope, or else there'll be a QR code on the screen in a minute that you can give online as well. This isn't going to Cottonwood Community Church. And an offering is something that's above and beyond your normal tithes, which was giving a tenth of your income to uh, the Lord. We'd many of us practice giving that to our church here. This is like above and beyond that to say, I want to offer, give something special to say, I'm thankful to God and I'm going to express it by giving something. I want to read 2 Corinthians 9 to you, though the heart of this is not obligation. If Thanksgiving is offered because you're obligated to do it, it's not really Thanksgiving, is it? It's compulsion. So 2 Corinthians 9 says, Each person should do as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. And here's the heart of a Thanksgiving offering that we're practicing here in verse 10 and 11. Don't miss this. Listen. Now the one who provides the seed for the sower and the bread for the food, that's God, will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, get this, don't miss it. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity which produces thanksgiving to God through us. You know what's going to happen if you decide that God wants you to give a thank offering? You're going to give as an expression of thanks to God. This is going to go to two organizations, Stable Days Youth Ranch and Love in Action, who are going to pass that on to other people, and your thanksgiving will be multiplied into the lives of others because they're going to be thankful for what they receive at the hands of these two organizations. I love God's heart. He loves to multiply generosity. Here's the last way to practice giving thanks this morning. It's communion. And uh, what you can do is you can take out... Um, I'm going to read a few verses here. 1 Corinthians 11, this is what we're encouraged to do as we celebrate communion. It says this, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. 
On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So you're going to have many ways to give thanks this morning. Here's one. Write a thank you note to God as an offering of thanks. Here's two. Maybe God wants you to give a financial gift as a way of giving thanks. Here's three. When you have that wafer, I encourage you to break it. And as you break it, give thanks that God, in the form of Jesus Christ, came down and offered his body to be broken so that you could be with him forever. Here's a fourth way. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then as you drink that juice that represents his blood, give thanks for Jesus that he offered his shed blood so that you and I could be with him, could be in his forever family forever. Okay, now is the time for you and I to put this into practice. So you have this card. There's a pen in front of you. If you does not, there's probably one in front of you. You can take that out. If you feel like God wants you to give a, a gift, if that's what you're led to, you can put that in here. And when you're done with these thank offerings, you can come on up and we'll just pretend like these steps are our altar. You can leave them on the steps. Please don't put your checks in these green envelopes because these are going in the garbage. I'm not going to read them. That's between you and God. No one's going to read them. We're going to like let them go to him. I'd say I'm going to burn them, but I'm not going to burn them. I'm just going to throw them, so I'll just be honest. But these, if you put anything valuable in here, it's going to be offered to God in a different way than you think. <laughs> if you want to, there's a QR code you can give online. If you feel like you want to designate to one or the other because that's what God wants you to do, feel free to designate it. You can write a memo on the check online. You can pick one or the other if you want. Otherwise, it's going to be 50-50 to each one. Come on up. Leave your gifts on the altar, the steps, and then come up and share communion as you want. And then we'll close with this song. Some of you may not be quite done writing your thank you notes when we move into that lot song. Please don't be distressed by that. Feel free to continue worshiping God by offering your personal thanks to God. Come on up. Even if this music's starting to play, celebrate communion. Offer your thanks to God in that way. And then we'll close in prayer at the end of the song.